When I stepped inside, I was surprised at how large the brewery complex seemed. Beautiful gray flagstones stretched in all directions. There were brick arches and curving walkways. Hints of brewing equipment shone through massive distant windows. When I was standing outside, I never would have guessed the grounds looked like this. But this is typical, I'm discovering, for this part of Belgium. From the street, with brick walls squeezed against other brick walls, many Belgian buildings often look dark, narrow, and kind of foreboding. But once you're inside, the buildings seem to magically transform into something bright, clean, warm, and spacious. There is always beauty, it seems, hidden on the inside. But after meeting Julien Grégoire, who serves as the brewery's English and Dutch-speaking tour guide, I learned that the history of saint fouyen didn't begin with lovely metaphors about hidden beauty. Oh no, it began with blood. From Earblitz, I'm Nate Carney, and this is Belgian Beer Quest. The name Saint Feuillard comes from that religious story, huh? because Feuillard was an Irish monk that came here in the 7th century and he was hosted by uh, female monks in the region and uh, he had a brother who held a monastery in the north of France and one day, wanting to pay him a visit over there, he will take the, the, the Roman way from Cologne in Germany to Bavay, the north of France, and he will cross the forest. Here, at that time, it was only a forest and he will be stopped by brigands that will steal him his goods and that will behead him. Mm. Mm. So Feuillin is an Irish martyr uh, uh, here in Belgium and uh, uh, because many pilgrims will come to offer sacrifices in remembrance, the Bishop of Cambrai in the 12th century will decide to uh, settle a monastery on the place of the murder. That's right, the story of Saint-Fouillen, my neighborhood brewery, has its roots almost 1400 years ago, in the mid-7th century. But nobody was brewing beer in a dark ages forest overrun with brigands who had no problem executing visitors, at least not any beer that anyone lived to tell about. Let's flash forward to five centuries later, in the year 1125, when an abbey was established in honor of Folien, the martyred Irish monk, on the site where he was killed. This abbey was called Saint-Fouillen, and the town of Le Reux grew up around it. Today, Le Reux has approximately 8,000 residents, and its history is inextricably linked to that of Saint-Fouillen. Once the abbey was established, monks were obviously involved, so religious life was attended to, and beer, of course, was brewed to help sustain the monks. This arrangement lasted more or less unchecked for seven more centuries until the year 1796, when revolutionary soldiers from France came calling. Now, I've visited a lot of monastery ruins in this part of Belgium, and they all have more or less the same thing to say about the years following the French Revolution. It translates roughly into something like, after the soldiers came, everything was destroyed. The same was true for the Saint-Fouillen Abbey. But less than 100 years later, in 1873, an enterprising Belgian woman named Stéphanie Friard picked up the Saint-Fouillen torch, founded the same brewery that still exists today, and thus began a new chapter in this long and fascinating story. 
And today, nearly 150 years after Madame Friard began brewing, one of the cool things about Saint-Fuyen is that it is still very much a Friard family operation. Saint-Fuyen is very special because, like in many breweries in Belgium, uh, what makes our beer so popular, so, so famous, is the context, the background behind the brewery. Here we have a family story from 1873. Before we delve more deeply into Saint-Fuyen, it's important to understand a bit about the phenomenon known as Belgian Abbey-style beers. There can be some confusion here. So we've got the Trappist appellation, which is specifically defined and applies to only a handful of breweries in the world, most of which are in Belgium. Trappist beers, at a minimum, require active monastic participation. That is, Trappist monks have to be involved in the process. But lots of Abbey-style beers exist, and Saint-Fuyen is one. So what exactly does that mean? I asked Riandon Carney, one of the world's leading experts on Belgian beer and who, like Saint-Fuyen, is also originally from Ireland, to shed some light on this question. There is a label in Belgium called Erkant Balchis Abdeibieren, which is essentially um, certified Belgian Abbey beers. Mm. And what that means is that you produce a, a beer Part of the money for that beer goes towards the upkeep of an abbey. And um, it can be either a direct contribution or it can be a license arrangement where there's a fee paid per year. But there's a list of this which which you can check against and the, the, the sort of this contribution. The way I would look at it is, and from someone from Saint-Fignon's perspective, is that it's uh, uh, beers which have been influenced by the monastic style of brewing. And according to Julien Grégoire, Abbey beer at Saint-Fuyen includes a production component as well. When we bottle it, we will add some more yeast and some more sugar to activate a second fermentation inside the bottle. And that's the main characteristic of an Abbey beer. The Abbey beer designation can be useful, especially if you trend toward the beer geek end of the spectrum. Speaking strictly for myself though, what I'm most interested in is quality. And when it comes to that measurement, Saint-Fuyen has my full attention. The brewery produces good beer. I mean, really good. And I'm not just saying that because I live in the next village over. First of all, Saint-Fuyen has a Grand Cru beer it's pretty bold to take a page from high-end wine naming. But they pull it off. The Grand Cru is a great beer. Yeah, this is my favorite because this is the strongest of our beers. 9.5% alcohol. Mm. But this is also for me the straightest and the purest because of its uh, beautiful sparkling uh, coming from uh, the fact that we use a champagne yeast mm. to, uh, to produce alcohol in it. And uh, this is the straightest and the purest because we don't add any more spices than hops during the boiling. And as Brandon Carney says, there is something almost archetypal about Saint-Fuyen. When you're at the brewery, you kind of feel like you're in a movie about Belgian beer. And they more than hold their own when it comes to the Belgian brewing scene. I would consider Saint-Fuyen to be one of the classier breweries in Belgium. So what I mean by that is kind of um, complexity in their simplicity, 
um, staying true to their heritage, not really trying too much to jump on any kind of modern hype bandwagons, and you know focusing on quality, so um, balancing the beer, uh, where they're sourcing their ingredients. All right, it was time to see where and how Saint-Fuyen makes its beer. Now, exploring the Saint-Fuyen brewery is a beautiful thing, and not just because vats, tanks, and conversations about raw materials are entertaining for me. The place itself is remarkable. For starters, the oldest part of the brewery looks like an elementary school building from a bygone era in the U.S. Midwest. Three-story brick, lots of windows, a short little set of steps to walk up before you get in the front door. I could almost picture a kindly teacher or a master brewer waiting inside, chalk at the ready. But when the old creaking door opened, there was no blackboard. Instead, I looked up and saw the bottom of an enormous, ancient-looking vat and another set of steep iron stairs leading upward. There were cranks, wheels, and other things that looked like they were a hundred years old. Turns out they were, but they were also very useful for a very long time. So these are from 1893, exactly. Wow, so this is a machinery from that time. Of course, at that time, it was, uh, it turned thanks to uh, steam power. Hmm. Coal and water. Nowadays we have that small engine to make it turn. Yes, yes. Even if we don't brew here for five years, which is quite spectacular, huh? to, to realize that until five years ago we were still brewing in here with that material, with such a big production of 40,000 hectoliters a year. Uh, you use this equipment? This Up equipment. To, wow, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. amazing. As we left the old building and walked past the hidden well in the courtyard, Julien and I spoke more about the future. The world is changing, and Saint-Fuyen is growing, so the brewery had to grow with them. In 2013, Saint-Fuyen completed construction of a new, very modern brewing operation. Now, after being inside the old brewery, stepping into the new one, which is just a short, lovely flagstone thumping walk away, was like entering a world of shiny steel. There were cylinders, dials, warm glowing lights, beautiful gleaming equipment stretching from one end of a cavernous space to another. This was something automated, something ready to tackle the growth that Sanfian is experiencing as their beers become more and more popular, not just within Belgium, but in places beyond, like the United States and Japan. But it wasn't a cold building in any sense of the word. The new brewery has the feel of something where batches are still small and where master brewers can still conduct business with their hands. Plus, the place is literally warm and it smells amazing, like a cross between baking bread and beer. And it contains some really cool stuff. So we don't work from the top to the bottom anymore like in the old brewery, thanks to a system of gravitation. Here we work from the left to the right huh? and you can recognize the different tanks. Uh, the mill, firstly the mill on the left. Okay. To crush the malt, to, to crush the cereal, to crush the malt with hammers inside. Yes. Hmm? Next to it, this is the brewing tank, which is now 
12,000 liters. Before we produced 6,000 in one go, now this is 12,000. Afterward, we walked back outside, strolled across a small stone path, and stepped through a nondescript door at the base of a windowless brick building. We had arrived in the fermentation room, which was really more of a big cave. It was loud inside and awesome. I wanted to shout with joy. This was the magic place. Now, I get that there's a lot of science involved with beer making. We've got enzymes, yeasts, gases, and measurements. Chemistry is required, of course. But to non-chemists like me, it's still magic, or alchemy at the very least. This was the place where a liquid that was not beer became beer. And in this particular fermentation room, I was even more in awe. It was like something from a comic book with these huge, strange silver machines that went clank and pow. Luckily, Julianne was on hand to help me understand them a bit better. So we're in the fermentation building and this is, it's like a museum of silver in here. Yeah, indeed, yeah, yeah. Yes. Many tanks, seven, seven tanks of fermentation of each 25,000 liters. And there inside, this is a, a, a classical a chemical reaction huh? with the oxygen inside. There is CO2 coming out, as you can see here, mm -hmm. huh? with the bubbles. Yes. And with the oxygen inside, the temperature will rise, and that will determine the, the alcohol rate of a future beer. Huh? And during five days, the fermentation will take place, and all the yeast will transform the sugar into alcohol. After the chemistry happens, the newly born beer gets a chance to rest, literally, in tanks that look like the front of futuristic bullet trains with sculpted concentric circles and shining steel. So what happens while beer rests? Yeah, the, the horizontal position is ideal for the, the resting, eh, for the decantation. It's kind of second filtration, eh, because you will have something very homogeneous. So once the beers get their beauty rest, so to speak, then they become Saint-Fouillen products. And there are some great ones. They've got the Grand Cru, which we've heard about, and their classic Abbey-style triple, which goes along with their Abbey-style blonde and brown beers. They also produce an IPA, an India Pale Ale, which came about during a short-lived partnership with an American West Coast brewery, and they have a line of lower-alcohol, easy-drinking grisette beers. But one of their beers that fascinates me the most is the Saison, which is a traditional Belgian farmhouse ale that harkens back to farmers having something to drink after a hard day's work was done. The Saison especially resonates with me, and especially here. So much of the land surrounding this area is farmland. Tractors are everywhere during every season of the year. Fields stretch to horizons. In this part of Belgium, people are very much dependent on and creatures of the land. Every day I drive past farmhouses. I know farmers. For me, the Saint-Fouillan saison is something very authentic. Seasons really matter in this part of Belgium.
One of the things I also love about San Fuyan is something that I had never seen in my adult life, which is a huge, giant bottle of San Fuyan Triple. We're talking nine liters, almost two feet tall. When I saw it in the grocery store, its bigness quickly grabbed my American imagination. This was bigger than Texas, at least in beer bottle terms. And when I first saw it, I couldn't believe it was real. I mean, it took up so much shelf space. I couldn't imagine seeing something like that in a U.S. grocery store. So I had to know what was up with the giant bottle. These are used mostly for special events like parties, birthdays, and so on. Because in a, in a bottle of nine liters, you can do about, I'd say, 30 glasses of Saint-Feuillin. Okay. Hmm? Not that bad. How do you pour that? Ah, this is very heavy. Yes. You can put the bottle on your shoulders and with your wrist, you can do like this. Yes. Pour it in glass. Like a, like a wine server. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Giant Italian yeah. bottle, okay. Though the big bottles were really cool, and they made me wonder what sort of giant it would take to pour 30 glasses with steady hands, they won't represent my enduring image of San Fuyen. For me, the most important thing I took away from my quest to learn about San Fuyen had to do with finding beauty in simplicity. Brewing beer can be a complicated process. Doing it well requires the mind of a scientist and the palate of an artist. But every good brewer, no matter their size, has to start with barley, water, and heat. From there, the potential universe is vast and bound only by the limits of good chemistry and imagination. And San Fuyen possesses both of those things in spades. It is an excellent brewery with a strong national reputation, a growing international reach, and a great story. It has a cool history and a tradition of well-run family management. But it also serves as a metaphor, or at least it does for me. How do we remain true to tradition in an increasingly modern world? How do we grow and not lose the essence of who we are? It's not an easy question to answer, but it helps, I think, to keep things simple. So tonight, I'll do the same thing and end with San Fuyen's most straightforward beer, the Grand Cru. All right, I'm in the kitchen with the Grand Cru. First taste out of this beautiful goblet. Well, I guess I should describe it first. So it's a beautiful golden color, bubbling, Looks awesome. Oh, wow. It's really good. A little bit of fruit, hoppy, clean, strong, but super smooth. This is one delicious beer. My night just got better. This episode of Belgian Beer Quest is brought to you by Earblitz, a production of Advantipro GmbH. Our producers include master brewer Brett Hellenius, chief chemist Manuel Flotkin, and me, your humble fan of comically oversized beer bottles, and host Nate Carney. Audio editing and mixing is also by Manuel Flotkin, who is a Grand Cru sound maestro, if ever there was one. 
The EarBlitz.com website was lovingly handcrafted by Laura Hirsch, Tabo Caballero, and Aaron T. Gregg. You can find us at EarBlitz.com or subscribe to Belgian Beer Quest on all platforms where you find your favorite podcasts. Special thanks to Briandon Carney and Julien Gregoire for sharing their time and beer wisdom. We're eager to have you join us next time for a special episode when we step inside the hallowed walls of West Flederen to say goodbye to an old friend and to hear more about a day when a Trappist monk was treated like a rock star. Until then, cheers to you.